This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we talk about the new Zelda machine coming out in March. We celebrate Richard Dawkins' best game show, The Running Man. And for its 19th anniversary, we're going to stay up from dusk till dawn talking about Robert Rodriguez. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. We're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul Dynamo Stedman. And to my left is Joe, Professor Joe Peters. Professor Joe Sub, Professor Sub-Zero Joe. Yeah. Like, that guy's actually a professor. Did you see the credits? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like to be part of that, there's like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, well, do, I'll do the stalker thing, wearing the hockey equipment. Makes no sense. But I'm a professor. Yeah, he's a he was a WWE wrestler too. Oh, for like three years. That wasn't that wasn't Fuji. Mr. Fuji wasn't. No. Okay. No. All right. So we are going to be talking about the Running Man this evening. I'm excited for this. Uh, this this felt like a good good time because uh, the movie starts in 2017. So why not talk about it? Yeah. Um, I do apologize of the delay. I you guys have heard me the past few weeks. I have not been feeling well. I I was fine, and then suddenly. A couple days ago, I get sick again, so I don't know what's going on. I think I'm dying. I think uh, I think I have the Ebola or something. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going around. Like I've been sick since like probably the middle of December. Well, it, but I felt fine, and I, I was telling I was telling Mary, I was like, you know how your immune system is like, oh, okay, we're good, we're good. We we're not gonna let that guy in now. But I feel like that guy just turned around and put a hat on. They're like, oh no, it's Queen coming. That's in. exactly what I think yeah. happened. Was it's like, like oh, yeah, he had the fake mustache. He's fine. Let's I'm party. Like, Why am I coughing again? I stopped coughing like a week ago. Yeah. So, so my ears have been stuck. So it's like hearing, it's this weird sensation. So right now I can only hear out of yeah. the right side of my head. So we're going to get all yeah. you guys sick. Yeah. Listening and, to us. <laughs> uh, and and, and uh, infecting the world one listener at a time. Yeah. Uh, so if it, if it sounds a little odd, I forgive me because I'll be going, going from not hearing anything to coughing to wheezing and then probably just dying as soon as we hit the end of the show. So this may be my last show, but let's make it a good one. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, did, I was going to bring up something interesting, but other than me dying, I have nothing else that happened this weekend. Yeah, I didn't have anything happen this weekend either. All right, let's get to the news. Good news, everyone. That's like the fastest we've been to the news in a long time, like because we didn't talk about wrestling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did watch Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, well, the, well, the new Japan wrestling this uh, weekend that I'm was fun. Sure, I'm sure everybody will get their wrestling fill in when Rumble comes around. Yeah, like we don't talk about every show that goes through, but there's usually some big prominent ones. And that's one of them. Yeah, we're not going to do a whole show on it, but we'll touch on it. Um, so in the news, um, there's there's a bunch of there, there's so much stuff out there that doesn't seem like it's meaty news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I always want to try and find something to give a good discussion about. Um, 
and there's so there's all kind of stuff like people like speculating movies you know everybody's talking about deadpool's gonna make it to the oscars okay sure um <laughs> i love deadpool don't get me wrong but i i don't know why there's so much hype around him i would love it if it still got like no matter what if it snuck into like the best films of the year and like the, the of the 10 yeah it's like in the academy's like we have nine and like just, just give it to deadpool yeah, just put it just put it in that would be kind of funny. I don't. Um, I I wouldn't want him to win for best picture, but I would love to see the box art forever saying Oscar nominated for best picture Deadpool. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, all right. So, uh, Woody Harrelson just got picked up for the Han Solo movie. Uh, I think it's cool when you find out some things like when people get added to casts and things, because then you can kind of speculate how their, uh, you know, style of acting is gonna is gonna you know bring what it's gonna bring to the movie. I hope it's just the same character from uh. Oh, what was it? The the zombie movie from Zombie. Uh, oh, zombie Tallahassee. Land. Yeah, I hope yeah. it's just Tallahassee. Well, a different planet. Well, I've already seen. I've already seen Photoshop pictures of Woody from Cheers in the can- the cantina. Nice. So that's 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 obviously out there. You know, he's going to be the proto Han Solo. Like that has to be. He has to have. He is like the Sean Connery to the indiana jones that has to be it right that has to be i don't know they will they're i guess it's like he's definitely going to be some type of scoundrel criminal character which whole big surprise the han solo movie yeah you know so um but that's 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 out there um and all these things start as rumors but until they get confirmed um things like that or they get shut down like like deadpool and logan that was going around the internet for like a day and it's yeah. just like wow like none of that even makes sense but people are being like oh no, it could happen it's, like it's no it's gonna be in the end can't you wait i'm like yeah actually i can't wait yeah uh uh david goyer got announced as the writer for the new green lanterns corpse movie okay so they're gonna do uh basically um, John Stewart's going to be the focal point for the Green Lantern movie. Well, I mean, after you left Daily Show, he has to be doing something, right? Who knows? Nah, no. But if he-, <laughs> <laughs> he just uses his desk, his ring to make a desk, and just goes around commenting on the state of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not that John Stewart. No. You guys, we're not serious. If you don't know who Green Lantern is, uh, there's a couple of incarnations of Green Lantern, but John Stewart is one of them. Um, but it's it's speculated it's going to be kind of like a buddy cop movie, like a, like a they said Lethal Weapon in space. If Idris Elba wasn't being used for everything right now, I would love to have him as the John Stewart Green Lantern. Really? Yeah, I think he'd be awesome. I don't know. I don't but know who I would it, want. Him playing the straight man versus like if you got like Guy Gardner as like the other one. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I always really wanted to get uh, Idris Elba for Black Panther. But, <laughs> yeah, that'd but be they cool had too. they yeah. had him as Heimdall, but I thought he would have been a really good Black Panther. Well, I mean, it, then, <clears throat> then who would be a good John Stewart? Because you want someone a little more stoic. You want someone a little bit more like reserved. Like he he isn't um, like you know as animated as like not animated is not the right word but you have people like um, Hal Jordan that's more fun loving and that's not John Stewart. No, you're right. I mean, Idris Elba would do a good job of that. I'm trying to think if he was young enough and in shape, I would say Andre Bauer. Oh yeah, because like oh just that would be perfect. I mean, if you think about it, I mean Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine is pretty much John Stewart. John yeah, Stewart. yeah. So, but no, I'm pretty excited because like I think that the Green Lantern. Uh, character and that whole like the whole universe of the core is one of the most interesting pieces of the dc universe yeah i agree like, probably right yeah. next to batman at least for me you know batman's still way up there and i think there's a, a lot of rich character history with batman as opposed to like a lot of other dc characters but i think um especially like with um what is uh did jeff johns do a lot of green lantern stuff is that yeah him? especially a lot of stuff that jeff johns did i i say right now i don't know when we're going to do it but let's cover uh, Blackest Night, the arc for that for the yeah, show. Yeah, that was that was one of the most more famous 
uh, pieces for the Green Lantern. So I would love to do that. Or, then um, the yeah. next like Bright, was it Bryce Day was the one after that, or yeah. whatever. Like yeah, the War of the Ring and all that. It was mm-hmm. cool. I love I love the Lantern Corps just because it's like it is basically it's everybody from the universe <laughs> is there to protect, and it's like you have all these different you know it's different characters. It's it's um it's probably the more fun. In the sense of like you have all these different clashing personalities, but they're they're space police, and I like that. Like yeah. it's fun, and I I've always as a kid that was my favorite power was the the ring that the could ring. summon whatever you needed it to make. Yeah. You know, there's usually just a bigger fist to punch. Yeah, people, I think but. I think the space the space police concept like that is just something that that kicks off really well for DC because if you think about it, Marvel has Nova Corps, and Nova Corps is not even close to as fun as Green Lantern Corps. No, so I mean, like Nova himself is cool. But the core itself, you're just kind of like, eh, these guys are just out here. Just they're just they feel like they feel like kind of like I don't know how to explain it. Like just regular kind of beat cops. Yeah. And then like you've got like the Green Lantern Corps, and like these are all like special forces. Like you know they're a lot cooler than you know the Nova Corps. Yeah. So that's that's exciting. Like I again like not to not to poo poo on a DC, but it's like it's I start getting it right please i want i'm, I'm yeah. done I, I don't want to be a hater anymore i'm done hating i don't want to i don't want to cackle gleefully whenever these movies fail like the, i feel like the dc fans are long suffering like yeah, i hope wonder are. woman's good they better not screw up green lantern again like just come on please please again. yeah i can't wait because i bet you uh i bet you the buzz for green lantern will start to really pick up like as far as like filming and casting right around when deadpool 2 comes out so i'm sure they're gonna have a bunch <laughs> of jokes loaded up for deadpool 2 well and also did you know that before they got ryan reynolds originally for uh green lantern there was a project that was almost green lit that had jack black playing a lantern he was gonna be playing guy gardner it hmm. was gonna be more of a comedy script hmm. could you imagine jack black being a green lantern yeah, I could actually. I mean, I can Jack Black. It would. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how it would have went. Like it could have been. Could have been interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but, but um, last well, not last bit of news, but the the big bulk of the news is the Nintendo Switch got announced today. Not announced, but actual. More there's like a press conference. There's a type press thing. conference. You got you got actual like more information. Um, it's gonna launch uh, the third of March. Um, so everybody can get their Nintendo Switch the third of March and uh, trample over each other to try and get it. Uh, I, you, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing reports like pre-orders are like completely already done. Like, I as hate soon as that they Nintendo it, does this because they know they know they're creating the Wii situation again. Like if if anybody tried to get a Wii like like ten years ago, I hated um, it. I it, was working at GameStop at the time when that was going was, on. Do you guys have Wiis? Do you guys have Wiis? Yeah, like like we would get a, we would get a box of nine of them like just in the morning uh-huh. and there'd be 10 people waiting yeah and it's like there'd be that 10th person and they would look at you like they you just slaughtered their children yeah and be like that yeah. was the last one i'm like you don't get any more be like i don't I, know do you see any more here be you like know? i do have this bat and the shutters close <laughs> yeah. and i can't see anything in the parking lot when the shutters are closed yeah <laughs> i just i hated it it's just like here just take three game cubes and strap them together it's fine like yeah. I, no. well the nintendo switch is i mean it's typical nintendo in a sense that they're trying to innovate another system um if anybody's seen anything of it online it's great for interrupting pickup basketball games and rooftop parties <laughs> uh but that that's a joke to the the, the yeah. launch it's video. like oh we're having a rooftop party oh i'm playing skyrim right now well no, you can come just, over just bring your skyrim, skyrim with you like, okay cool yep Oh, hey, Jeff, how's it going? Sorry, I can't talk right sorry, now. I was trying to become a vampire in this game. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy playing basketball to play basketball, guys. Um, like, one of the one of the cool things about the Switch, because, like, the Wii was one of those things, like, 
that really brought people together because the interface was so unique with the motion controller and 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 um you know how you would play the games like it was different than than holding a controller like your typical thing my favorite wii game was the wii sports one though like yeah. the, the bowling was actually fun i played i played wii sports and actually did enjoy it yeah um it didn't warrant me to want to like keep playing wii and buy a wii but it was it was a good solid game and and that's the thing that nintendo thrived on was getting people to interact and get together and play that that type of game it's almost like playing a board game yeah. you know it's like if you got together with people a wii would be universally welcome like you could have grandma play it with you you could play it with your your buddy down the street so it was it was very accessible to all age groups because a lot of like hardcore gaming with like pc and xbox and ps4 a lot of that is a niche market and it's a big market but it's very driven to specific gamers um but the wii and nintendo always kind of like you know, they try to make it more accessible to everyone. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I guess you could say the um, the gimmick or whatever of the the uh, uh, the switch is you can you can take it on the go with you. Meaning your console will plug into your TV and you'll have a controller, uh, which is also almost like a system uh, that you play the game with. But let's say you need to give the TV up for somebody that that, that needs to watch um, or play a real system. <laughs> They got yeah. It's be like, I'm sorry. I got I got to play Rocket League right now. I play Rocket League. Uh, yeah. uh, you can take there's a there's a peripheral tablet piece that pops up off of the console and that becomes your screen. Like it's an extra basically video screen. So in a, in an essence, like you don't even need a TV to play on a Switch. But and, and that's a fun idea. Don't get me wrong. That's yeah. a, that's actually a really cool idea. Um, because how cool would that be? If there was a third-party game out there, like I was talking about before the show, like uh, EA has announced that they're not going to do Mass Effect Andromeda for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, but how cool would that be to get like, oh, I'm gonna go grab this and just go like and and play like a, a legitimate game like while legitimate is not the right word. I don't like maybe a AAA title that's not Zelda or or right. whatever. Third party, go, a third you know? party triple A title, yeah. And that would be fun, you know. And I'm not saying that people aren't still gonna go and play Mario Kart or Zelda Breath of Zelda or whatever it's called. Uh, Link's Breath Breath of Breath of Wild. Breath yeah, of sure. the Wild, yeah. Um but yeah. No, and the detachable controllers, um it, it basically is like a Lego console. Like yeah. there's parts you can take apart, and what I mean by that is like the the controller becomes a screen, uh, the tablet screen becomes uh, like you can snap two parts of the side off so that everybody They're calling them Joy Cons. Joy Cons. So everybody yeah. has like a mini controller that you can. Now it doesn't give you the full functionality of like a like the full games yeah. controller, but certain games like Mario Kart, like Mario Kart Eight, is going to launch with it. You'll be able to basically take not take apart, but you'll basically be able to break apart your your Switch. So that multiple people can play Mario Kart with like literally one controller that's kind of like split into like because each Joy-Con you can turn sideways and make it into basically your standard Nintendo controller with the control cross and like two buttons and two buttons kind of yeah. like that yeah um, kind of how they did with the Wii controller where you could just turn it sideways and suddenly you had that same type of mm-hmm. idea I, again all the little transformer abilities I, I think that's really cool I really yeah I, that's like, that's the big innovative like piece being a kid I'd be like this is amazing it, you it, know it it is going to be huge for kids and parents that want to have their kids be able to play their games without like so much as like taking up the TV is going to be a big thing. They can play the switch on the little mini tablet on the coffee table, or they can take it with them in the car. And it, it I, I don't think it'll replace the DS, but I feel like it's going to be a good alternative for a DS where it's going to be another one of those backseat babysitters Yeah, where it's like, 
well, you kind of got to have to stop playing Mario Kart. You're going to have to play your DS now and play Pokemon. It's like, no, just... Man, just the problems the kids have. Yeah, oh, God, choices. They just pop it out of the console. They give it to the kid. The kid keeps playing the same game on the the tablet controller. Then they go in the car, so... Again, that's all cool. I've just heard... I've heard rumors that the processing power on this thing isn't... It doesn't. It isn't the same when it's not docked, meaning that it can't put out the same type of power when it's pulled away. Oh, yeah. Like I've heard that. Um, I've heard that. Like just because of the specs itself, you're not going to get the current stuff. No. Like, yeah. And, I mean, well, right now of the few games that I saw that they got Mario Kart Eight, obviously uh, Skyrim. Uh, Bethesda actually is going to port Skyrim onto it. Which, I mean, Skyrim's like what ten years old? It's not ten years old. Or how old is it? It's probably like five. Really? Five? Yeah. You might be thinking. Um, like, uh, oh not yeah, 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 not Marvel, no, uh, Oblivion, Elder, yeah, Oblivion. Sorry, <laughs> no, but they're gonna put Skyrim on it, which is a five. That'd be game. great. Like, launch title for Nintendo Switch, a uh, Morrowind. That was an Xbox exclusive, <laughs> yeah. the original Xbox, uh, not updated graphics, and it could barely run it. Uh, they're gonna do a new Super Mario called Super Mario Odyssey, and then um, a new Zelda game called Breath of the Wild. So you're gonna have your your exclusive Nintendo titles launching with it, which everybody will eat up and love, and. You'll have Skyrim, uh, which will draw a few people. Um, I don't know any hardcore Skyrim players that to would go back. That would go back because yeah. that's the thing is starting over because that's a that's a that's got like over two hundred and twenty hours of gameplay easy. Since I never started it, that'd be like I'd be that guy. But yeah, um, but yeah, you're you're gonna lose just like you did, just like Paul said. Like Mass Effect Andromeda is not gonna be on it. Um, I'm I'm trying to think other games that are coming out like. Uh, game I'll buy like Marvel versus Capcom four like you know that I know there's a Street Fighter game announced for it though the newer Street Fighter oh Which, okay again that's Street Fighter that that shouldn't be that complicated of a no, game no it shouldn't like I okay I'll be first to admit I don't know how games happen I just see a disc I put it in I, I think magic happens and I, <laughs> I see things right um, but I would understand that this is a two D fighter that has a lot of tech behind it versus like originally but that makes sense that you could port that over yeah. you know like what I I just I don't know. Like, you, if you tell me, like, uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, like, yeah. that's not coming to this. No, that you know, and it's that like, that not that, that that's been not. announced, but you know what I mean. I mean, aside like, from two, the content, not it's this. not going to be released for it because of the the size. I mean, we can get into the details of the technicality of, like, not being able to render the whole universe of Grand Theft Auto in a tiny handheld, but um, it's going to it's gonna come out March 3rd. It's going to be about 300 bucks. Um and I'm sure it'll sell like hotcakes. I'm not going to get one. No. Um, I still haven't gotten a PS4, and I don't know <laughs> if I ever will. I want to because we're getting Last of Us 2 and New God of War, uh, but I just... I yeah, can't. but so that, okay, that's that's what I want to get to with this is that, yes, there are console exclusives. There's not as many as there used to be. Um, the reason why I got a PlayStation 3 was because of the God of War games. Um, and with the Xbox, it's like... I, you had they had Halo, which I don't. That wasn't something I was really big into. But yeah. you have you have a couple of those, right? There's a couple, yeah. But overall, though, it's like, hey, you like Overwatch? That's for both systems. Hey, you like? Uh, well, Tomb Raider's now going to be for both. But it's like there's enough in between where you could pick your preference and then be like, there's just that one title I can't get a hold of. Yeah. And I feel like that's not. I, mean, I know Microsoft and both Sony. They do want to do. They still want to have their original titles just to show how different they are. But that the the brand exclu- exclusivity is not what it once was. It isn't. Like I have both systems because I'm I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so like so my challenge that becomes well, which system am I going to buy this game for? Yeah. 
and, and that sometimes well, is kind of annoying. Well, that that just kind of like I I didn't have that problem. Like my decision to get an Xbox was based off of my tenure on Xbox Live because I had created such a network of friends on Xbox Live that I played games with. So I mean, I had people that you know I obviously know in real life, and then I have people that I don't know that I do game with. Uh, so it was kind of like, well, they're getting an Xbox. I'm going to get an Xbox because I'm not going to go over here and just start playing Call of Duty by myself when <laughs> all the people that I've been playing with are over here. So I've always just kind of stayed loyal onto Xbox. Um, I do like PlayStation's controllers better for fighting games. Um, oddly enough, I just feel like the D-pad's more comfortable, and I like the way it feels in my hands, but I do not like it for first-person shooters. It's weird. Like, I got Overwatch originally for the PlayStation, and I'm not a big fan of that controller because I like the heaviness of the Xbox controller more. Mm-hmm. But then I got Overwatch for Xbox because, again, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, and it's like, I, I can't play it. Like, I feel like I'm worse at it on Xbox. I mean... I'm st- I'm not great at that game to begin with. I love it, but I'm not, but I feel like on Xbox, I feel like with the triggers now, yeah. it's weirder to me than using the triggers. See, on the and PlayStation. I feel the other way around. Like the tr- the the, pl- like the triggers on PlayStation are weirder to me. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know why that yeah. is. But anyway, so either way, I like how we went from talking about Nintendo to being like, yeah, we're going to talk about PlayStation and Microsoft. Uh, but the Switch is a cool idea. If it could deliver on its promise and make game like, like I'm tired of everybody saying, "Oh, a new Zelda." That how many times can you pull that trick and make people come back to you running? That's like I that stupid Nintendo Classic console people are excited about. Everyone's like, "It has the original Zelda on it." Great. So can't your phone if you do it right? Like you know, yeah, it's true. It's just whatever. Right. Like, I'm I mean, not trying to can, be a hater, but no, it's like, I know. And uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't like bursting bubbles and the nostalgia of the Nintendo Classic school, but yeah. I mean, I I could load emulators. Uh, I used to load emulators all day on my um, my computer back in the day and just yeah. play, you know, Contra and just be like, oh, cool. You know, I can play Contra on my PC. Uh, you know, not, a lot of people don't have that uh, that know how and that. I mean, it's not that hard, but um, it doesn't occur is, to them. This, it doesn't occur to them, and it's also more readily available, and it's in a prettier box. Yeah, and because it's like, oh, it's a little one. Yeah. So whatever. But, I, so it Nintendo is really good at selling you what you already have or what you or what you remember. And remember, uh, remember. I I almost wish that they're like, you know what, guys, we're going to focus on making the most badass handheld game systems because we're really good at that. They are really good at because like we have a 3ds. Um, <laughs> here I am. I'm a hypocrite as well as an idiot. Bought it because of the new Zelda game that came out that time, that Link Between Worlds, and it was really cool. Uh, Mary plays; she plays the the Harvest Moon on it or whatever. Um, you know, it, there's other things to do on that system, but it's a good system. It's a really good handheld system. The 3D on it works. It's actually pretty cool. Um, I almost wish they'd just do that and say, "All right, Microsoft and Sony, we're going to partner up with you and start making our original titles for your systems. That way, they're always like tech tech appropriate." People would lose their minds if they could have like a Zelda game. On, yeah, that would kill like, their just, console sales, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, focus on handheld, do that, and work more towards the marketplace because they have that that Mario Run now, which um, that that app that came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I downloaded it yeah. and I played it, and it's like, did you know that it's only free for the first three levels? Then you got to pay ten dollars to buy it. Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so I played the first three levels. I was like, this is kind of interesting, and then deleted it. Like, I'm not going to pay ten dollars for a Mario app. Right. But it felt like Nintendo, though. Yeah. So, so. anyway, Nintendo, I love you. Get your shit together. I, just I would say that, good luck, like, Nintendo, yeah. but you don't need it. You're you're gonna make tons of money off of this thing. Yeah, because the Wii U made you a lot of money as well. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. well that 
that's that's well, not, well, we're not gonna get into that we're not gonna get into that that's that's you've talked enough right. so i like how my last cast because i'm dying is just like screw you nintendo dad <laughs> flatline all right okay one last bit of news this one's sad actually oh. um william peter blatty uh passed away and the reason i'm just going to mention this is just because he is an author he's done he's done a lot of things but mainly known for writing the the novel the exorcist that became the movie the exorcist he was 89 isn't like screw you 2017 this guy was older and he you know obviously had success i just want to mention it because again i just want to pay respect to to the people that made the things that shape you and the exorcist is going to be one of those movies for as long as i live is going to scare the living shit out of me like that movie terrifies me still so, like, I, I saw it when I was older, so it didn't scare me as much. Well, because the movie, it feels almost like a documentary at times. It feels very, like, straight ahead, like a serious film is being made. Mm. And, like, I don't believe for the, like, for me, I don't believe in demon possession or anything, but I do believe in a mother struggling to understand what her daughter's going through. And, and they sell that very well, and the daughter's, like, pain and suffering, and they sell that very well. But there's a moment when they re release the movie in the theaters with the, the version you've never seen before where. <laughs> There's a scene that's like the people are talking and then the camera moves slightly upward and you see Reagan spider walking upside down and she goes up to like down the steps spider walking and then she vomits blood all over the place. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm never sleeping again. Like it's just the movie works because it's it, it feels like a, like a family drama and then holy shit, there's like, you know, green pea well, soup all over the place without without getting too far into it, because this could be a discussion for another time. I think that the, the exorcist. The fear of it is is much like the, the fear of like the whole zombies. It's somebody you know, so it has a much more vested interest. Not that anybody know knew who Reagan was, you know, in, in the movie, but a lot of you know when people watch movies, they relate to a character. Be yeah. like, oh well, that reminds me of like my relationship, or you know, I'm worried that that would happen to my mom, you know, that type of thing. So it's like, you know, you start to think just like, oh, what if my kid got possessed or what if somebody that i loved was like that and i couldn't do anything i was helpless and it would just be terrifying but but they went through the steps of going through the medical and psychological examinations and even when they brought the priest in originally the the younger priest he was treating it psychologically and i thought that was a very forward-thinking approach to the story and you see it now because it's been done already but i mean this was like for its time yeah i think because you could have easily made this a haunted house movie and make it like ooh, this is going on but it's like well, they I were really struggling with the idea is this real? If it's real, then we got we got problems. But it could also just be this poor girl going through something. And in the book, it's a boy, uh, but it's still that same type of approach. It's very straightforward, very like dealing also with the idea of what is faith, like the whole struggle with that too. Just it, it's a really solid book, and it made a, a really good movie that has affected me a lot as a kid and an adult. So <laughs> I know it's like, affected a lot of people. I know a lot of people when we talk about scary movies, I'm like, what's your favorite scary movie or the the scariest movie you've seen? It's I get a lot of Exorcists. Well, I had a friend of mine who uh, was in the Navy at the time of the movie had come out, and uh, he told me that he ended up seeing a screening of this while he was on a boat in the Bermuda Triangle. I'm like, that's probably the best place to watch that movie. Yeah. They just showed it to the crewman. It's like, here you go. Just watch The Exorcist. You're on a boat in the Bermuda Triangle. Good luck with that. One of my buddies, when he saw it when, it, when he was a kid, uh, him and his sister shared a room, and he couldn't sleep for a while because he would always be watching her. <laughs> so he's terri- he was terrified of his sister turning into Reagan. Yeah. So anyway, just wanted to mention that. <laughs> Uh, it's again, you know, appreciate your heroes, you know, and so sorry he's gone, but you you made a huge ripple in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely an impact. So. Yeah. So all right, 
Um, now on to this. And now for our feature presentation. Without further ado, it's time to start running! So we're going to talk The Running Man, uh, the hit new game show. Uh, it, it does technically start in the year 2017, but then you realize that the story takes place like two years later. Yeah, it's like tw- technically 2019. 2019. But so we'll the, talk about this again in two years. The, yeah, the trailer is billed as 2017, um, and then the, the the intro crawl is billed 2017. So it's it's 2017. But uh, yeah, The Running Man, and like I, I rewatched it. We both rewatched it, and um, it holds up pretty well, I think. Yeah, I mean, so um, let's we'll we'll talk about the movie a little bit, and then like the origin of the movie, and um, I, I have some questions about it that I want to ask you. Uh, so, 1987, uh, it was based upon a book by Richard Bachman. At the time when the rights were bought, no one knew that it was Stephen King that mm-hmm. had written the book. Yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting that he actually sold the rights to one of his books without people realizing, oh, it's a Stephen King story. Yeah. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, very loose interpretation of the book versus yeah, the movie. Yeah, I read the synopsis of the book. It's it's very loose. It's weird. It's it's interesting. Like the, so, the, the one of the things yeah. about the that really shocked me because he wrote it in 1982. Yeah, and the one of the it things like that shocked a week. Yeah, it was the ending. What happens to to Ben Richards at the end of the book? Yes. Like he literally 911s at the end of the book. Like yeah, he does. I mean, so the, like well, um, the 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 plot point. Are very similar in the sense that it's a future, uh, things have gone bad, the world's kind of screwed up. Uh, in the movie, there is a network called ICS that is working as an arm of the government to keep people placated and distracted and control all media. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book's the same way uh, in the sense that the government does have a lockdown, but they offer something called freebie that people just sit around and watch all day long and they don't think about how bad the air is getting and it's kind of like they're slowly just dying, but keep the masses placated. And then you can do whatever you want. And so Richards, the character, he is at his ends because he lost his job. Uh, his daughter needs medicine. So he goes to the network and applies for their game shows because there's a, a number of brutal game shows he can apply for. Um, one of them, they, they kind of hit that in the movie where they have the guy with the rope trying climbing, to go up the climbing for, for dollars. dollars. Yeah. Uh, where the, 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 the angry dogs are snapping at him. But there's another one in the book that's uh, like treadmill for bucks where they put people with heart conditions on a treadmill and see how far they'll go. To try to win money. Oh wow! And so it, it gets so. And this points further to what's going on. I, I want to talk about 2017. You know, so uh, he signs up for this. The whole thing is we they give him they give him 12 hours to to be like you know you get 12 hours free. Then we send our hunters after you. Uh, you're considered um, an enemy of the state, and you have to give us two recorded video diaries a day, or you'll be forfeit. And for every hour that you're out, you get a hundred dollars, which that seems kind of pale like comparison now it's like yeah. 100 bucks an hour and for any um like police fatalities like you get like a multiplier but the thing is that's not the story they tell the audience and the whole thing is they, they make him to be this like huge cop killer and that he's like num- enemy number one and that they can get money by turning him in and it becomes this whole thing where he is just trying to just last he, he doesn't expect to live he just wants to last long enough to make enough money to take care of his family yeah and then it turns where he's caused enough damage where they're like you should become one of us yeah because they have they offer him a stalker job like they do in the movie yeah and yeah. he's like okay sure and he gets on a plane uh basically lies his way on the plane uh fights the people on the plane 
he gets shot. He's holding his guts as they're falling out of his body. Like there's a whole sequence talking about how at first it felt like a match head lighting and then it keeps burning more and more. And he's trying to hold his guts together and he's flying this plane, goes to New York and flies the plane into the network building while giving it a middle finger. That's that's the part two. They probably didn't mention the synopsis. Yeah. He's just flipping the bird, flying this plane into the building. I was like, wow, so very he, very dark. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised at that. But anybody, the movie, it's a game show. Yeah, like, the it's, movie, a, it's an actual game show. It's a game show, and then like everybody, I know a lot of people are familiar with the movie. If you're not familiar with the movie, I'm sorry, we're spoiling it for you. But it's, it came out in 1987. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined the book, but I don't think I ruined the book. Like it's worth reading. It's yeah. it's a it's a fast read. It doesn't well, stop. It's breakneck. Well, I feel like if you've seen The Running Man, it won't really ruin it too much. It's like if you if you read Jurassic Park, it's it's vastly different than the movie. You know? Yeah, but, but at least that had dinosaurs. This this is very there's no like, yeah. The, the, like basically we're doing um the amazing race like yeah. in the book and then this is like family double dare in the movie that's what it kind of feels with, like with gladiators with gladi- <laughs> which a yeah. lot of, a lot of shows like american gladiators was inspired by yes. the running man so um but and i mean that's that's literal that's where you got these these these, these gladiators with these names so um and I remember uh, reading like like uh, originally who did they I forgot who they had to direct it originally. There was okay, so that's also there's been a, there were a couple there directors was four directors yeah, and then the one guy was actually directing it for a week or like two weeks, and he was like horribly over budget and behind, so they yeah. got rid of him and so brought in this him. other guy that you could tell he was definitely the low budget director because this movie's not directed very well. It's just kind of well, A guess, to B and that's it. Yeah, I guess even Schwarzenegger was kind of mad about that because he didn't like the director as much. And, he, and they said it, he directed it a lot like a TV show. Which feels kind of appropriate, but that's, yeah, that's me. Yeah, but um, and uh, I, I, I think one thing I got to say, like spot on casting of um, Richard Dawson. Yeah. Like, I mean, he really hasn't done any type of like major theatric not major theatrical work but he hasn't really been in a lot of movies yeah so game he did game shows i mean like you get a guy who just does game shows to play a game show host on a movie or in a movie so with this one ben richards is a soldier and he is uh doing a a random a routine mission going towards a food riot whatever that is there's like a food fight or you're just angry that there's no food. i think i think it's like like a russian bread line and they're distributing food and the people are like i want that food I'm yeah not waiting so then the government tells him to open fire and he's like i'm not doing that yeah. they just want food and he ends up disobeying orders goes to uh future prison which looks like a foundry where they're all wearing yeah, like the I, collars and i gotta say i know I like th- they, they call that wearable tech they have wearable tech in 2017 yeah <laughs> they called wear, they called wearable tech um yeah. although you know what's interesting is is there's a lot of movies, sci-fi movies, that have some type of explosive device if you pass a perimeter, like mm-hmm. especially prison-related. Everyone remembers the Running Man's though. Like whenever something like that happens, or you're trying to explain something, like oh, it's kind of like the collars they had in the Running Man. Yeah, it's like oh, like everybody seems to know that scene where the guy runs past the perimeter and it's not turned off and his head blows off. Yeah. So so th- they break free. It's him and some other people that want to fight this uh, totalitarian government. Uh, he just wants to get out of the country and he gets kind of tangled up where he thinks he's going to his brother's apartment. Turns out his brother, uh, was, uh, removed. I forget exactly what he, he wasn't there anymore. Well, they did. They, they pulled like a Fahrenheit, um, 51 type thing where oh, he went for reeducation. Yeah, That's what they said. Yeah. In the future they had like, you know, censored and banned art media, things like that. So people would get like, you know, if you had cassette tapes of like, I don't know, Duran Duran or something. <laughs> And they were like, "No, you can't have that." They would arrest you and burn all your stuff. Yeah. So it was it was very uh, very controlled. 
but his he goes to find his brother and he finds out his brother was sent off for re-education so that made basically means he was probably watching like full house or something so. <laughs> yeah it's watching watching full house that if hey if anybody's watching fuller house right now i want to send you off for re-education <laughs> sorry we're sending the future police for you right now oh, um so we're, we're sending out jesse and the rippers they're going to stalk you and take you in for re-education. Oh, that sounds like a good group of stalkers. That's what I'm saying. We, we should have just came up John with John Stamos and the Rippers are John coming. John Stamos and yeah. the Rippers. Yeah, uh, and he's just like, no mercy, and he just goes after him anyway. So, uh, <laughs> no anyway, uh, he tries to escape the country uh, with with the girl that's in the apartment because basically she has the ability to get them out of the country, and they get caught. He gets caught. He gets basically they didn't um, they didn't call how laxed airport security is oh my goodness yeah <laughs> in like, 2017 yeah basically he had like one boarding pass and handed it to the guy and the guy's like, okay scan and he's like where's yours at lady and he's like oh she's always forgetting things it's always whatever and he causes a delay in the line and everyone's like come on and it's like all right get just go yeah like, we don't care get on a plane yeah yeah it was yeah it was weird uh yeah. so now they got it now they got to do all kinds of weird stuff they too. didn't call that they, they, so far they called uh the I wearable run. tech they called that the girl walked into the apartment and asked for the lights to be turned on yeah. they called that they did not call the proper tv size for any of the tvs in the movie yeah they were like, all tiny her tv turned on and yeah all the ones the screens that they were watching they're all tiny yeah. they're all tiny and like going back to like fahrenheit like as like a sci-fi story that's a that's a Ray Bradbury story. Yeah, but, Fahrenheit 451. Um, did I say I said 51? 451. Sorry. Uh, no, whatever. Um, but in that book, like like one of the main uh, things in that book is like everybody has like walls that are TVs. Yes. In that book, and I thought that was really cool. Um, a lot of sci-fi nowadays they keep the TVs in. I mean, yeah, the movies are made in the 80s, but then they didn't really have a way to green screen a fake TV or anything or make it look, you know. Yeah. But well, no, they kind of did because. I remember like in scenes of RoboCop where they were talking to people and it was like a video call. Yeah. And then they would kind of like They had they had a little bit of idea about Digital effect they had, imposed. They didn't have they didn't foresee flat screen technology. Yeah. Everything they could have big screens, but you knew there's gonna be a huge thing running it, you know. Right. So uh either way, Schwarzenegger ends up at uh, ICS where he is basically forced to be on the running man against his will because they caught his other co-conspirators from the prison break yeah. and this is where Richard Dawson comes in where Richard Dawson if you don't know who he is which you should know who he is he was the longtime host of Family Feud very he has a, his own type of charisma very hands, hands-on-y very hands-on-y very, hands-on-y. very smarmy at times very uh, like you get, you get the feeling like he he is a uh, he could turn it on for the cameras, but you probably don't want to be around him on a personal level. Like even in even a uh, Family Feud, it's like I don't know if you're a nice guy. Yeah, like he and, got a, he got a notorious uh, reputation for like kissing female guests, yeah. like like on air, like just going in for a peck on the cheek and like always trying to steal kisses. It was like it was a big running joke, and I I think they played that a little bit in Running Man. There were a couple oh, of times. Course. Where you know he he tried to steal kisses from the audience members and stuff like that. Um, um, I've, I've heard, in the trivia they said that people that worked on Family Feud with him said that the way he treated the staff backstage in the movie mm-hmm. is very similar to what he yeah, did. Yeah, I, I read that too. Yeah, and it's like oh, That's he was kind bad. of a dick, but yeah. he is the glue that holds this movie together. Like if you guys have not seen The Running Man, do yourself a favor and watch it because he is his performance isn't that far off from what he does as a game show host. But he's really, really good at it. Yeah. And he's like just he is the devil. Like yeah. as in he just always enticing and promising and then being like, I don't, I don't care what you think. I'm just gonna do what I want. Yeah. Like very, he plays he plays a great oh, he plays so one of great good. villains. Like and the, if you look at a lot of other Schwarzenegger movies, I mean, Predator aside, because you can't really 
you can't really comp- you can't hold Predator to like Richard Dawson, <laughs> but um, <laughs> just, you just keep hearing survey says. But no, like in survey like, says like Total Recall. You know, you had um, uh, like Richter and you had uh, Cohagen. Uh, like those guys were not like as good as Richard Dawson wasn't in. in no, Damien Killian is like that's a great name too, you know. And just so, uh, anyway, he knew that he knew that having Schwarzenegger's character would be a big draw because not only is he a specimen, but he's also been wrongly convicted of this uh, attack on this this food riot. Yeah, and so they get him into the game, and so it takes about like I don't know. The first 40 minutes to get to that point, like it takes a little while to actually get to the yeah. running man itself, which the running man then is, they said that, what was it? Uh, it's like was, 400 uh, square blocks of California that was destroyed in an earthquake. In 97. Yeah. Which, that so like it becomes this big war zone. Basically imagine Escape from New York, but they just turn it into a game space as yeah. opposed to like actual prison. Yeah. And I don't understand how they're able to operate that efficiently but whatever and also not bother to clean it up no like they were like now nah, let's let's not fix california let's uh let's just use it as like a do game show stage do you think that's what caused where they're gonna be like you know what i could probably fix this place yeah he was probably like i can't let this place turn no into running no man. this like this is uh this game zone this could be viable economic property right. here so i want to believe this is what made him run for governor eventually. and i always feel like i i couldn't tell like the time frame that the show well it took place in one night so yeah it was always just weird because it was night yeah you know yeah. so so they get there and so this is the part where like uh it very it varies differently greatly from the book but you introduce the stalkers which are basically imagine like wrestling personas but like taking up a notch yeah it's literally and, like american gladiators which is where they got the idea from <laughs> um and wrestlers like these you know the people in the audience would you know he, he goes up to like the first person and he's like you know pick he's like pick the first stalker so you basically pick the first like Future futuristic gladiator go hunt these people down and kill them. And they're like and, Malibu, send them yeah. in. They're like Malibu sucks. We're not sending Malibu. Yeah, it's in. like no, no, you can't send that guy. It's you know, it's like, and everybody's got a gimmick, just like a wrestler. And the, you know, the first guy they send is Sub Zero, Professor Professor Sub Zero, which his gimmick is hockey, and he has a a, a goalie stick that's it's like razor sharp, razor sharp. So and he's got hockey pucks that explode. So he hits these hockey pucks, which still kind of don't make any sense because I feel like the initial physical contact of the hockey puck will call it to cause it to explode. But um, you know he's got all these little tricks and things like that to I like kill these people. All the things with. that this is going to cause you problems. That's the one thing that's going to. Oh, there's you. <laughs> there's plenty of other things that can cause me problems. But you yeah. know that's how my mind works. But yeah, so they send Sub Zero after him. He's a video game boss, and yeah, but and he's a Mega Man boss ahead, basically like, ahead just, of its time. Yeah, yeah, there was there was no. Uh, there was no Mortal Kombat yet, so um. yeah, so the, the, the so where I also think they're calling a lot of things that are right now is one uh, the Reality constant shows. the constant cameras everywhere, so the audience can watch what's going on, and then also their input as to what happens next is, is like you know you you the, the the be able to deliver on the promise is big. Um, also presenting these like basically they presented a false narrative to get people against Ben Richards and his crew. Yeah, and everybody'd be like, oh, this like they showed doctored footage, which again, I don't know how they got surveillance footage that matches exactly like the film that we're watching, but whatever, that's right. fine. Um, <laughs> right, where there's no cameras outside, outside the, the helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> how'd that happen? Anyway, I love so. that. It's like this is the beginning of the movie. Why yeah. can't we just say that? Why couldn't we film? A shot of the inside of the the helicopter yeah, instead of just showing me the beginning of the movie, right? So, um, but you know, then that's true. Like even current reality shows do that; they doctor the crap out of their scripts. And I've read really terrible stories about how uh, MTV and and other uh, production companies tell the people on these shows, like "You're going to do this." Like 
I remember reading an article once about Pimp My Ride and all the things they told these people to do. Like, they had a guy break up with his girlfriend for the show. Yeah. And I'm like, like, legitimately break up with his girlfriend. Oh, and I heard on, like, the real world, like, they were telling people, like, you have to keep the same wardrobe relative from week to week. Because that way, if they catch something at the end of the week that they could fit into the story of the week that's completely unrelated, they don't break continuity because everyone's dressed the same. And it's like, that's a sneaky, sneaky thing. Yeah. And it's like, so I guess there was ways that they implied that some characters were having feelings for each other when the when the act, not actors, participants were just like, we really didn't know each other that well. That wasn't what was going on. Right. But that's not what they showed. Yeah. So, so yeah, like you, so you have this like live sporting element, but there's also like this, like, cause the whole thing of the running man was supposed to punish like prisoners prisoners yeah and that was like which i didn't understand the winners like because the winners went to Malibu, florida was it florida yeah they went I, to florida wherever it was um but. so yeah uh anyway so they go get sub-zero and they schwarzenegger wins because of course he's going to win schwarzenegger yeah, yeah. They, he catches him with some razor wire which is pretty nasty actually <laughs> to actually hook somebody with a razor with like he he does like a uh a, a garrote, a garrote yeah. with a razor wire and it's just like oh like and, yeah. then, and he says to Killian, um, "That's Sub Zero. No. Now he's regular Zero. Plain Zero. Which isn't, that isn't a one liner. That isn't even a joke. I don't understand what that means." But anyway. Oh, dude, they're so, oh man, Schwarzenegger's one liners are what I love. I, I I love them like too. in the the prison scene where he grabs that guard and he's like, "Need a lift?" And yeah, he's just like, like I feel like for like, someone that's been wrongly imprisoned, he's having the time of his life, right? Yeah, you know, and I I don't have a problem like because he he looks at Killian before the game starts. He's like, "I'll be back." Yeah, and then it's like because Schwarzenegger does say that repeatedly in other movies because yeah. of Terminator. His tagline, yeah. but I love that Killian looks at him. He's like, "Only in a rerun." Yeah, and that was like a really good comeback. A good to comeback, that, yeah. You know, and sends him on his way. But but it felt like the, the the studio execs were like, "Hey, it's been about five seconds since he's made a one liner. Can we get another one in there?" Mm-hmm. Like when they fight Buzzsaw, aka Hulk Hogan, aka Bonesaw, aka Hulk Hogan and Bonesaw with chainsaws. Yeah. You know, and he's and, like, "You can keep it." Yeah, and, and he he's like, "Oh, him. he had to split." You know, like, split, yeah. Um, my but, favorite, I gotta drop it. My favorite one-liner is still from Predator when he hits that guy with the knife and tells him to stick around. <laughs> That's like my ultimate, like, oh my Arnold goodness. one-liner. What about all the one-liners he has in Batman and Robin? I mean, those are ice cheesy. Ice to see you. Ice to see you. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice, the ice age. age. God, like, I just want to find an Arnold soundboard now. We should have like, loaded one up. It makes me wish that we could do a mashup of him as Mr. Freeze versus Professor Sub-Zero. Oh, like geez. in the Running Man, but anyway, Dude, we're getting getting off sorry, course. we're getting way into like so, deep into Arnold territory. Um, uh, so the whole thing too is that there's also the sub story about how they're trying to find this like the uh, resistance, the resistance, yeah. to, to, to which break is the run, signal. which is run by Fleetwood Mac. So yeah, and Dweezil, and Dweezil Zappa, and Dweezil Zappa, yeah. literally. Um, and so like so there's this whole other undercurrent of there's people out there that are tired of the system, they want to bring it down, and they feel like this is their best shot at it. And that's fine too. Like I, I don't mind that as a storyline through this because it's like you're playing the game to win, just to survive, but also to, to ultimately win. Even though I feel like the, the the good ending to this is way too upbeat. It's like you 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 ended this one game show, maybe. Yeah, you, know, you 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 know, but did you really bring down the system? Like, I don't know if they did that or not. You know? Yeah, but, you don't really get that. You just you just. I mean, in in the eighties action movie assumption, then yes, they they got that. I mean, you're just like, yeah, of course, the good guys save and when they won the day, and yeah, you know. But yeah, it really was a small piece of the puzzle, the big puzzle. They did expose that somebody was lying. Yeah. So I mean, with the whole doctored footage and stuff, but 
and then the other thing too, and I'll give this movie credit, is that it actually tries to present a textured uh, uh, approach to the stalkers in the sense that yeah, a couple of them were one note, like Dynamo, literally one note, uh, and you had um, that was that guy's last movie too. Yeah, <laughs> surprise, because he dude couldn't even ride around a, a, a rascal like without falling over. Yeah, well, he was a he was an actual opera singer. Oh, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, and then you had Buzzsaw, and you had Professor Sub Zero, but then you had um, Fireball, who was James Brown. Or Jim Brown, Jim Brown, not, not James Brown. Brown. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, yes, it's but J- Jim Brown, not James, not the Brown. Godfather of Soul. Jim Brown was a football player. I almost kind of wish they would have had James Brown in this movie. Oh like, yeah, just, do the opening just, credits? Just, no, just kicking people, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, like a sex machine. You know, he, comes, yeah. he comes back. He's yeah, just, like he's like, ah, I got to rest, and then he comes running back out, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, no, no, James Brown, no, no. But you had Jim Brown. Uh, playing fireball, which is basically it's like he's a GI Joe guy, like you know. It's yeah, like, he's a guy that had a jetpack. That was his also get, a flamethrower. A flamethrower. Yeah, like he flew around and then he had a flamethrower, and that's how he went and killed people. Yeah, you know, you had you had a guy that rode in a car and shot lightning out of his hands, and then you had a guy that fought people with chainsaws. Yeah, then you had a guy that fought people. It's like these characters were larger than life as these gladiators that had to kill these people running for their lives, and. It's one of the things, like, I know we talk about remakes in day in and day out. I would be pretty excited for a Running Man remake just to see what kind of crazy stalkers they could come up with. I, I was about to, I was going to get there, but I, mean, I wanted to mention Jesse Ventura's Captain Freedom. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they, there was actually this kind of, you get the, I, I almost wish they would have brought him back and have him be the one that turned on Killian at the end, but he didn't show up again. Yeah. But he was, a, he was a retired stalker. He was good at what he did. He was now being basically like the guy in the locker room, and then when they, they want to bring him in because they have no Nobody left. Which, by the way, how do you go seasons without having like a lot of backup guys around? That yeah, seems like, like a like a good um, mix maybe, of people. Maybe they just didn't want to lose any talent, and they had to go to like the upper echelon. Maybe you know, it's know. like I like it's like oh hey, what what do you do? I'm just a baseball guy. Well, we'll we'll save you. You need to work on your abilities a little bit, right? Like, you know, um, but they try to get Captain Freedom to come in here, and he's like. They made him put on this like goofy metal suit with like knives on the front. If you actually look at it, it looks like um one of those pre-bought sets that you have where it's like this has forks and knives and spoons. It felt yeah. like that was on the front of his chest, and he's like ripping it all off, saying this is garbage. I could. He's like I used to kill guys with my bare hands, yeah. and and he didn't want to do it because he felt like he's being like uh, demeaned. Yeah. So he just he just left. And I like that they actually had somebody who was just like, this is not honorable. I'm not doing this. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. I did like how they kind of like lied to the audience where they they made it look like they killed arnold schwarzenegger because they doctor this footage with a stunt double and that's another thing i was gonna say is very 2017 where they just they just put uh, arnold's face on this thing well supposedly his entire image but they made it look like cause they had to have an ending to the match uh because schwarzenegger went off the grid because they're trying to bring the system down and they wanted to bring an ending to the show yeah so they did this fake like 3d like rendered thing which you know is obviously just ventura and schwarzenegger actually in a ring fighting when they filmed it yeah but you're supposed to believe that this is a texture mapping thing very forward thinking right um for for 87 yeah very for texture mapping. yeah that's what i'm saying yeah like, the idea was a very cool idea yeah um, almost like when we were talking about future world and how like technology, not so much the robot technology, but just the, the, the graphing of a electronic, like, like CGI image was the first time it was used. I mean, I was, to, I was just thinking of rogue one with uh Tarkin. Yeah. yeah. Like we just had a That's movie. Basically, yeah. We just had a movie before 2017 that had a full CGI character that 
for the most part pass the test and that's literally what they do in running man yeah yeah Suppo- they try i mean try. in running man it's a little bit better yeah yeah a little bit better <laughs> but yeah because <laughs> yeah, it's a real actor but like and they show you too like like uh what's her name says you know she kind of gives killian you know uh some you know uh some uh slack because like he he kills that guy the stunt double like yeah. they hire a stunt double to fight jesse ventura and jesse ventura kills him yeah and it's like that guy wasn't supposed to die so yeah um so uh, this gets to the end where the, sh- the show goes off the air, but then they do the next thing that I also want to call out that you may not have been thinking about that's very 2017. Hmm. The call-in show after. They have, like, basically the running man, like, talk talking show after because people oh, are calling yeah. in for the after show. And they're like, yeah, how can I donate money to the dead stalkers yeah, and, and it, stuff like that? Yeah, I was just like, where's Chris Hardwick? He needs to host this. Right. That's what it felt like. It was that's very... something they could do for the remake. Yeah, so... Um, but th- there's a lot of ideas here and I, I, I want to not. I want to get to this, and then we'll we'll mention possible remake stuff too. There was this theme in the late '80s, early '90s, where any future you imagined was going to be a miserable future. And yeah. Like, um, so I brought up. I, I wrote down a quick list here. So we had the Running Man that was in '87, set in 2017 to 2019. Escape from New York was 1997, where you know the whole island of Manhattan was turned into a prison. Uh, Blade Runner is set in 2019, the original Blade Runner. Um, Battle Royale, the Japanese uh, story, which Joe will remember this is a manga as he never read that I tried to get him to read years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that was set in 1997, the same year as uh, The Running Man, and it was also a military-controlled state with Wait. television. It was, oh, it was set in 97, like yeah. the book. Okay. Yeah, so like like The Running Man, it was set in 97, uh, but it was this Japanese like totalitarian control where they have high school classes clash on an island. Yeah, I've seen they, the movie. Yeah, but they also had detonation collars, too, if they were like left too long in a certain grid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and they were, and this is all to placate the masses and also keep them terrified because it could be your high school that was chosen next. Yeah, a lot of people could remember <coughs> Battle Royale better as Hunger Games, so. Yeah, Battle Royale is better. Yeah, I know, but... You should read the manga sometime. You want to borrow the first book? No. I let Joe borrow the first book, and he kept it. It would turn... Credit would, to Joe. He kept it for like six years, and then gave it back to me. I feel like longer than that. But then you didn't read it. Um, I wasn't going to get rid of your book. It is your book. <laughs> I appreciate I, it. You, you, you know how I many, really do appreciate it. You know how many times I moved in that time frame, too, and I was just like, nope, can't get rid of Paul's book. That's not mine. Yeah. Uh, but... No, like a lot of people give, uh, and a lot of people discovered Battle Royale after Hunger Games because everybody gave Hunger Games, you know, shit because it's like, this is basically Battle Royale. Yeah. So, uh, so Dread is set in 2099 originally, and then they've moved forward as the character has gotten older. Uh, Robocop 2043. Um, so that's not too far out. The original Robocop, like Dow- the Detroit 2043. Really? Yeah. And they base that off of, there's a joke in the movie about, um, for like, was it uh, Rambo '83? Old Blood. It was supposed to be the last Stallone movie released, and they they engaged it. Really? Yeah. I didn't think RoboCop was that far ahead. Yeah. Uh, the original Judgment Day and Terminator <laughs> was set for August 29th, 1987. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Quantum Leap was set in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> but it went back. It was aired in '89. Um, and then I just want to mention District Nine was supposed to be set in 2010 when it actually came out. So that kind of was like the future's here, you know. But it yeah. felt like and elysium which i've not seen you've, you've not you've, seen elysium you've let me have it i've not watched it oh. 2154 and then uh the other other one i just want to mention real quick mega man is set in 20xx whatever that is uh, but <laughs> that's when we stop using 
<laughs> Stop using numbers. It's we just we just break down except algebra. Yeah, but it's just like so with, with the dystopian future idea though. It's like you have these big cities and everything's just terrible. For some reason, everybody's homeless. There's can fires all over. There's yeah, billboards that tell you about things that you want but you can't have. Mm-hmm. And then there's the big wigs that live in the ivory tower. That's like seems like every one of these movies. You got to watch Elysium. I, I I know I do, but I mean and only because like I think it does a good job of shedding. Not more light, but it gives you because you get to see more of the ivory tower. But then you're also the main story is taking place in the trash fire areas. Yeah, I, I, so. I, I've been wanting to watch. I just um, just it's one of those ones that just I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, but I'm that way too. So I feel like the Running Man is like very almost almost more pertinent today than when it came out because of the rise of reality television. So mm-hmm. credit to Stephen King making this as like his his terror for the future is something that actually happened because when the book was written and when the movie came out the biggest draws at the time were going from daytime game shows to then daytime talk shows because they were cheaper to produce than just to reality television because it's easier to tell a bunch of people that aren't actors hey we'll stick you in a house to film you, you. Yeah. and it's like uh, and then to, to extrapolate from there further it's like oh you're somebody that's kind of famous guess we'll follow you around for a while yeah. oh you're famous for being famous guess we'll follow you around right. for a while oh you're taking garbage out oh Let's you're married to Flavor Flav now okay guess we'll watch you now yeah I can't I, I, I honestly can say I, I might have watched some reality TV and not realized it but there's nothing that I can co- like consciously say I've, I've, I've watched no Survivor none of that stuff yeah, I've never seen a single episode of Survivor. I couldn't tell you anything about most reality shows. Like, I think I've watched, like, I mean, if you count, like, like those house hunting shows, like, I, I think I've watched, like, two episodes or something like that, or, like, the cooking shows. Like, when we were in New York last month, I think I watched, like, four episodes of some cooking show just because it was on TV and I was trying to fall asleep at yeah. night. Like, I've watched MasterChef, but that's a competition. There's people actually making That's a game things. show. That's not that's reality That's basically TV. a game show. You're right, yeah. But but, the, but some of these blur the line. Yeah. You know, like, I, I still can't believe that they have kid cooking challenge shows. Yeah, I'm but like, even, like, that show Face Off, which is the special effects artist, like, doing the makeup. Yeah. That's still a competition. You I, get like, to see, yeah, you get yeah. to see people's... I, like, I hate all the drama stuff associated with it, but just show me that. But, you that's, know? but that's when it bleeds over and it gets bad. It's just like, ah, you got to make you got to make drama about this you got to have these people be friends and then they're not friends it's like so with this though uh with the running man so you have the american gladiators that came out which is a direct response to uh the running man which mm-hmm. is great i think i love american gladiators it was so much fun. oh i loved american gladiators uh, and i, I love the kid. names and you know it's just like laser, you had laser turbo gemini and then you had the deaf gladiator siren siren and then she would be like don't clap for me just wave your hands above your head and i said malibu because they lasted one season if you remember malibu i don't remember uh, him. and then sunny she also lasted one season yeah um i know too much i wish about. i could remember like some of the gladiators i think that would be a good talking point some days to talk about american gladiators because <laughs> there's there's some people that came out of american gladiators or were like you know f- somewhat famous or that were football players or was it uh, Lace was Lace one of those football players? No, uh, who? No, no, no. Was I just it Zap. I just read read an article uh, that somebody was a football player and then they they were American Gladiator and then they did something else that they're oh. kind of big. Um, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, is it Gina Carrero from Deadpool? Yeah, the girl that played Angel Dust. She yeah. was an MMA fighter. Yeah, she was. And then she did. She was a uh, she was an American Gladiator when they did the reboot for, for NBC. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That, that's cool. So. Um, and if without American Gladiator, you, I don't think you'd have Ninja Warrior, honestly. Right. Like, yeah. So, but but there was a show that came out probably about ten years ago, if not longer now, called The Chair. Do you remember that? 
but it was on Fox. It was briefly. It was hosted by John McEnroe, because you know he's even-tempered, where they put people in this chair, and it was like either they're answering trivia questions or something, but they kept increasing the anxiety where they'd bring the chair over top like an open area full of like you'd see like like an alligator or something and they would do all these things to try to cause someone's heart rate to go up because if they had a certain heart rate they would lose so they're supposed to stay calm and answer questions and this feels a lot like this garbage in this it does where, it sounds a lot like climbing for dollars yeah that's and it's what like, that sounds like yeah so they yeah, try i didn't know about that chair thing yeah it was, i'm uh, sure that probably didn't last because nope. i'm sure i'm sure that somebody Someone might got hurt. There might Somebody might got hurt, yeah. or there was like some type of mental scarring, or something like that. I mean, they had Fear Factor. Remember Fear Factor? That, I feel like that's also the same yeah. type of like where it's like, hey, did you want to eat a pig's anus? No. Yeah. Did you want money? <laughs> yes. I'll eat three pig's Joe, anuses. Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know about. I smoke crack. Yeah. Um, so I feel like <laughs> I, this was shining a light on something that we're like, that's ridiculous. Just like when we thought you go back and watch RoboCop now, where. Like at the time, I didn't think about the the sarcasm that runs through that entire thing. It's very, like tongue in cheek with with uh, that vehicle called the SUX nine thousand yeah. or whatever. It's like like there's this dark streak of humor that runs through RoboCop yeah. that I feel like this movie almost had, and it does have it with Richard Dawson, right? With the him sitting in his office and the the big hate boat sign behind him, yeah, because he was on the love he boat. was on the love boat, yeah, yeah, that was a big joke with that. Um, and then just like uh, the way that the network kind of worked, and I almost feel like that network is the same network that Bill Murray worked for in Scrooged. I feel like almost oh, okay, yeah, it kind of feels like that, that yeah. right? Like the night the reindeer cried, or whatever it was called, uh, the name of that movie uh, that they showed on Christmas. But um, I feel like if you did a remake of this now. I want more of that kind of biting, like commentary. Yeah, but but I feel like I don't know. If, it has to be the right people to do it because You're otherwise right. it's going to be so it will, heavy-handed. That it's going to be stupid. Yeah, it would turn into like one of those RoboCop remakes where it's like they don't understand the underlying tones of the original movie and they yeah. just want to make another action movie. You know, I would love to see the colorful, different like characters that come up for stalkers and things like that. But you're right; it does also need to have like that dark humor, and, and it needs to be it needs to be satirical in that sense, kind of like kind of like Black Mirror. Where yeah, I, I didn't want to get into that too far. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I just only said that because like I binge watched Black Mirror a couple weeks ago. But um, but yeah, it needs to have that. It needs to have some type of commentary on top of like all the other action because I think that's one of the things like that some of these movies had going for them because a lot of people remember like Running Man, they remember uh, RoboCop, they remember Total Recall for being just great action movies. But there's there's like certain things like I still think Total Recall has a is, lot going on with it. It's probably one of the best spy movies I've ever seen. And, and RoboCop has a lot actually going on with it too yeah. if you look at it, right? Um, so I feel like if like if you're to remake this movie now, I'd almost I mean I know we go to the Russo brothers for everything. I feel like they could handle it smartly and make it a dynamic action movie with a lot of with a lot to say about it yeah um, but i almost would want uh was it phil lord and chris miller the guys that did the lego movie um that also have done last man on earth that that show on fox and like they have they have this weird like finger on the pulse of what 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 they think works in terms of their projects and like because they've done other things too other than the lego movie and that, that's, that seems like a weird analog but um they, I don't know, it feels like they have this communication that they could probably make the humor like very much right there without being so hitting you over the head with it, you know? And mm -hmm. I feel like they could com make the commentary. Like, I don't know who you'd cast in the Ben Richards role. There's like Chris uh, yeah, Pratt. How many, how many I was Chris Pratts think would you have? <laughs> I was thinking of Chris Pratt only because, like, well, Chris Pratt's hot right now. He's the new action star. You know, there's, yeah. we haven't had any, we haven't had any. Give me Ed Norton being that guy. I want someone small. 
and like the odds are against him. I don't need you know Buffs McGee running around. Well, I mean, if you're just going off of the 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 Schwarzenegger aspect of it, yeah, Edward Norton would be really good in that role. Um, I mean, he's a little older now, but like in this future, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? So yeah. as long as I mean, but I know he's a little testy as an actor, but I don't know who else you'd have for they, like the lead. Yeah, the lead guy. I don't know. Yeah, you know, and then but like other stuff. Who would you? You gotta have like if if you're if you're gonna go the the Schwarzenegger feel, route, give me the Rock in the lead. The Rock would be, but he feels like the easy answer for everything right now. Yeah, I would I would be okay with the Rock. Make him a stalker though. Oh yeah, that would be better to have the Rock as a stalker. Yeah, just bring in a bunch of WWE guys as stalkers. They like, they, they literally would. Yeah, because if you've seen a lot of movies where it's just kind of like, well, we need big, big buff guys to be like, oh, all these guys want to break into Hollywood. Let's just bring in Chris Jericho and Kane and you know all these other guys. So. But yeah, and then like as far as like Killian goes, like I feel like they need to keep keep up with the whole thing with Richard Dawson being a actual game show host. But like, like Drew Carey, like get Drew Carey. Drew Carey be fun as a dark evil game show host. But what about like Ryan Seacrest as just like completely just like just ridiculous? Like I think Ryan Seacrest would be would be a good Drew Carey be fun killer. though if you but if you did think, it right. I feel like if you're gonna try to have that dark humor, then I think Drew Carey would be a better pick over Seacrest. Yeah, I, I feel like that. Or even if he Alec Baldwin would be good too. I think he'd be. Yeah. Oh yeah, Alec Baldwin would be yeah. would be great. Um, so. Yeah, but I, it's I don't know. I feel like this is one like. <sighs> When I I was on Facebook and I got excited, so I changed my profile picture to to Killian because it's just like I I like this movie. And I changed my wallpaper to Running Man, and someone mentioned to me they're like, I like the book a lot. That'd have been a great movie. I'm not saying the book would be a bad movie. I think it handled well would be great. I this is one of those few times where I'm like this the movie and the book can exist completely separate for me, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think that's um, a good. And I feel like I want a remake that's honing on what what makes. The, the original work for me like don't give me a, a dark gritty christian bale reboot don't give me that i don't need christopher nolan directing this i need something a little bit more you know i want not that you need to have nostalgia and throwback because i feel like that's almost getting to be a bit much now but like i need i need something like this refined and i think that would be this is one that i feel like please remake it just go do it you know so do, do it right but yeah i think i think i think the running man would be a decent remake yeah, like get Daniel Day Lewis out there as Craven the Hunter, just hunting people down. Like I know, it's, I know it's like he wouldn't be called Craven the Hunter; he'd just be called the Hunter. Yeah, like Stalker the Hunter, Stalker the Hunter. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. All right. Do you have any other so, thoughts? Uh, oh, oh, I was going to bring up too. Uh, Smash TV. Yes, like that's a direct correlation to this. Yeah, that's you're like right. a direct. Like if anybody's ever played the video game Smash TV, it was an arcade. It was a big arcade classic, and then I know it, it ported over onto Super Nintendo, but like you literally play two guys running through rooms of just things trying to kill you to, to win cash and prizes. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 like one of those games where it's, it's very gauntlet-like. You just go to the next level, go to the next level, you know, see how many cars, VCRs, and things like that you can win. And the people look so weird. <laughs> like the showgirls that they have in that game always creeped me out. <laughs> Like, I I remember as an arcade game. I also know they made home versions of it for like Nintendo and everything. Yeah, but I don't remember playing it. I just know it was one of those ones that had the weird like 360 joysticks. Right? Yeah, because you could turn. shoot in all directions yeah. and move it. You had like one twister to move and one twister to shoot. So it was basically like a rotating thing. So you could kind of like run in a circle or up and down or mm -hmm. left or right. But you could also shoot in that direction. So yeah, so yeah, Running Man. Like I, again, unfortunately, I don't think the themes of this movie have have a uh, 
It's all. I almost wish that this movie would stay in the past, but I feel like it's very much in the present right now, and that's <laughs> that's that's not a good thing. It's a fun movie to talk about, and if you've not seen it, it's definitely worth your time just to just check it out. The soundtrack, even though the main theme gets played like six million times, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the music is actually pretty good. Like I yeah. think it's kind of fun. Uh, Paula Abdul choreographs the whole dance number that's the starting off of the Running Man yeah. show. Uh, which is kind of it's it's fun. There there's some audience interaction that we didn't even get into. That's a good time. Yeah, like I loved it as the stalkers were like having success. They kept giving the people prizes. Yeah, and they kept they always giving get them the, the running home man game. home game. And Mary, we were, I was watching with Mary, and she's like, "Well, how would you even do this as a home game?" I'm like, you know, I don't know. Oh, like, you probably have little guys on the board, and yeah. you have to catch them. You know. <laughs> I kind of want to make the Running Man home game now, right? Like, just make it like mousetrap, and it was never work. You yeah. just like get all the way to the end, and it just falls down. Um, then, then like uh, Dynamo just tips over and falls out of his cart. <laughs> that's it. Um, all right. So anyway, that that was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about that. <sighs> Good call on uh, the Running Man. Um, all right. So uh, yeah, we're going to move on to our our game. Time to play the game. All right, so uh, 1996, January 19th, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn came out. And I was looking for movies, big movies, I I guess popular movies that that released in January just to talk about a movie. And I came across that, and I was just like, wow, I love From Dusk Till Dawn. Like, I remember when I went and saw it, I went and saw it in the theater. And at the time, I was, I can't remember if Pulp Fiction came out before or after it. It was before. And I remember I was still kind of like on that that whole Pulp Fiction kick, you know, as a kid. Yeah, I know that sounds bad, but uh, I was I loved Pulp Fiction when I was stabbing people with adrenaline, adrenaline needles. Yeah. I learned a lot from it. Uh, but I I was really and and you know everybody was praising Tarantino at the time, so I was like, oh, this is another movie of Tarantino. Um, George Clooney was was a hit from ER, and this is one also. And Roseanne. And Roseanne, uh, but no, that was one of the reasons why they cast or uh, they casted George Clooney because they thought the irony of him going from being a, a ER doctor saving lives to being this like ruthless criminal like bank robber killing people would, would really throw people would off, really yeah. throw people off, and it did. And I loved uh, George Clooney as Seth Gecko. I, I still think it's like his best role next to Batman. So. Um, um, about two years ago, it wasn't two years ago, but uh, there was, we're still here at this our house here, and um, I, I was here with Mary and our, our friend uh, 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 Caroline, and there's like we wanted to watch a movie, and I was just like rolling through Netflix, and I was like, hey, here's From Dust Till Dawn. They're like, what's this? I'm like, just watch it. They're like, we don't know what this is. I'm like, just watch it. And normally I get a lot of pushback because it's like the first part of that movie takes place in the the gas station, and yeah. it's very Tarantino, very like dialogue heavy, yes. and it's like so at first they're like, you know, okay, whatever. And they slowly kind of stop talking and start watching the movie, and then you get to the midpoint, and they both freak out because they did not know what was coming, oh, the, yeah. and it made me so happy because yeah. I've never been able to drop a movie on somebody sight unseen with that major of a swerve, and I'm like, seriously, you guys have never heard of this movie before. They're like, no. Oh, and a- so when you get to the bar, 
and you get to what's going on, they had no idea. And it was a, a wonderful movie. moment to experience people being like, wait, there's vampires? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, the vampire swerve was probably one of the best parts. And it's one of, like we talked about earlier, it's one of those things they probably should have kept under wraps. Because the, the advertisements all had the bats and stuff. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and the trailer showed the bats flying through the different things. It's like you and you saw parts of the fights. So they didn't hide that this was a vampire movie in the second half. And it's like, why could they have? That would have been the greatest, like, psycho moment of, like, don't tell your friends. And I think that would have been epic. So I came up with a couple of questions, some Robert Rodriguez questions for Paul. Uh, we'll talk about some of the movies as we get through here, too. So um, I'm going to start with this one. I, I kind of started to do them in order, and then I got one. I, well, I did one, and then I was like, I'm going to go in order. So okay. the first question uh, is, which of these is not a Spy Kids movie? <laughs> All right. Is it uh, Spy Kids All the Time in the World? Uh, Spy Kids Game Over, uh, Spy Kids Island of Lost Dreams, or Spy Kids Race Against Time. Race Against Time. You're right. It is Race I've never time. seen any of these movies, <laughs> but working at a video store that rhymes with Blockbuster, we had them, and they got rented often. All right. So uh, Robert Rodriguez's first movie was El Mariachi in 1992. Um, what was the film's budget? $5,000. Oh. $15,000. Sorry. It was between five and fifteen thousand dollars. You're right. But, <laughs> so um, I'm not gonna. It, I, it was the answer because I know like it's seven thousand. <laughs> so it, 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 and it, it went on to make two million only because of after success of his other movies, people started buying and watching El, El Mariachi because uh, part of the El Mariachi trilogy, which is El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. The, the thing is, I don't really believe that it cost seven thousand. I believe it cost more. Yeah, but I feel like. They they found a number that was able to tell everybody like look at this visionary what he did yeah I I think it cost it it had to have cost more yeah. seven seven thousand for production seems super low uh, all right so who was originally cast as Bucho and Desperado but had to pull out of the film do you know who I'm talking about the the bad guy in Desperado do you see Desperado I've seen parts of it all right yeah so this is gonna be okay was it Ricardo Montalban uh, Raúl Julia James Earl, or not James Earl. <laughs> yes. Edward, Edward James Olmos oh. or Andy Garcia. Uh, Raul Julia. It was probably because he died. No, it wasn't because he died. It was because his health was getting bad. Oh, and, and he's like, I got to go make Street Fighter real quick yeah. before I'm out. Oh, it could have been It could have been Desperado. So you got that one right. You're doing yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, what almost stopped Selma Hayek from playing the character San, San, Santa, Santa, I can't even say it. Santa Claus. Santa Satana, satanico pandemonium uh being topless they're going to probably no. want nudity uh, no no okay. one of my, you're not even letting me get to okay my, get, to, get to the choices please you just I, I mean i could just let you answer these and not give you multiple oh it's choices. the snake the snake's the answer i remember yeah it was the yeah. snake sorry uh, it was what? it was fear, <laughs> no it was fear of snakes the prosthetics she had to wear and makeup time in the chair uh or the screen time or her character was named after a 1975 horror film she hated as a child I just I do know a fair amount about this stuff, so I feel bad. I'm no, sorry. I don't okay. mean to keep stepping on your options. No, no, no. You're fine. Uh, but it is uh, like sticking it, her foot in Tarantino's mouth is probably the other like almost deal breaker. But the other, the other, the other thing is like her character was named after a 1975 horror film. That doesn't like, surprise me. Like Tarantino saw it when he used to work in a uh, the video store, and he was just like, "That's a cool name." So that's where her name comes. But her fear of snakes. She went to a psychologist for two months to overcome her fear of snakes to play the role because Robert Rodriguez told her that Madonna was getting lined up to play the character. 
So oh, she, weird. she went to a therapist to overcome her fear of snakes for the role. So I also wonder how true that is. He probably was just like lying to her. Oh, like, I'm sure oh, yeah. he lied to her. Yeah. All right. So uh, Madonna in that role. That's yeah, a, that would be so weird. Well, because like, who else in, would you get? Daisy Fuentes at that time. Like, who else would you get? Oh yeah, Daisy Fuentes. I forgot about her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Madonna would be so weird, but she was like she was getting kind of up there and big in the Hollywood yeah. scene in nineties. Uh, in the movie, the in the horror movie, The Faculty, um, what state does the movie take place? Ohio. In? It does take place in Ohio. So, um, that was a that was a very like good unknown Robert Rodriguez movie. Well, he directed it, but it was written by um, uh, the Scream guy Kevin Williamson. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Because um, I remember that was like around the whole scream craze. Yeah. Because they took that script, they put it in production, and it's. It, it, I watched it somewhat recently. It's still. It's still okay. Yeah. It's not bad. Some. Some of the logic is kind the of character. John Stewart's in it. Like you never see John Stewart in anything. Yeah. Except for Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Actual. Actual John Stewart. Actual not John other. Stewart. Not comic <laughs> John Stewart. I mean, well, I get, he is a comic. Okay. Daily Show. John Stewart is in the faculty, as is that seventies kid, uh, Frodo. Elijah, um, Elijah Woods in it. Uh, yeah. Famke Jansen's in it. Um, Fra- Danny, Danny Masterson. That's the Danny one Masterson. From- Fraser's wife's in it. Um, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick's in it. Uh, what was the correlation? Baby Newworth is also yeah, in there too. That's Fraser's wife. Oh, um, sorry, that's right. God, what was the? T- I was going to make a T one thousand thing. Oh, it was. Um, uh, John Stewart plays Professor Edward Furlong. That's right. And the T-1000 is in, or Robert Patrick is in it. I thought that was a weird And And Harry Knowles is in it for a second, too. Yeah. It was weird for me to cool news. But, um. Anyway, Faculty's not, it's it's okay to watch. And the soundtrack's actually pretty good. Yeah. The actual, like, really soundtrack. There were a lot of movies where they just really kind of busted out the soundtracks in in the 90s. That Offspring song is pretty good on there, too. Yeah. So, um, all right. Which of these actors has never been in in, in a Spy Kids movie? Um, Judd Nelson. Joel McHale, Sylvester Stallone, or Ricardo Montalban? Ricardo Montalban. That's probably not right. No. God damn it. Ricardo Montalban was. He played uh, their grandfather in like two of the movies. Okay. Uh, Judd Judd, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Stallone was in one. I knew that. Stallone was in one. He was a bad guy. And then Joel McHale was in the newer one. Yeah. And I know Stallone said he doesn't like playing bad guys, but he's like, okay, I'll do it for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. In Grindhouse, uh, Planet Terror. Uh, segment which is Quentin Tarrant or not Quentin uh, Robert Rodriguez zombie portion of Grindhouse which Grindhouse I think is probably one of my favorite movies like it of like yeah a long time like I really enjoyed the production of it I love the the concept did you get to see it in the theater I did get to see it in I the did theater. too we were like, like I guess you and I are like the one of four people that went to go see it in the theater I was so excited to see it in the theater and I, I feel bad because like that is a type of movie same thing with Hateful Eight when I went and saw that in the theater like those are and it's it, it's no coincidence that these two filmmakers are, are do this but it's like those are movies you want to experience in the theater I didn't know at the time of Grindhouse that they were both full-length movies I thought they were going to be like one hour segments and kind of well, they're like the, an hour and a half, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, but they're still full right. run movies because remember, but, after the movie bombed, they released both parts separate, separate. for rental. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I will say that I had more fun with Planet Terror in the theater, but I think Death Proof's the better movie. I agree with you. Like, and that was the only way for a while to see the trailers, the fake the, trailers the in between. Yeah, yeah, those fake trailers. I mean, they did those fake trailers were really cool to make those fake trailers, and then one of them turned into a movie. Um, so, yeah machete um all right so in grindhouse planet terror uh which character slash actor is not a personal acquaintance of some kind of robert rodriguez uh is it the babysitter twins 
Dr. Felix, Skip the Strip Club Owner, or Tony Block, the son of Dakota Block? <laughs> I know it's not the Babysitter Twins. I know that they're, like, for some reason, that that's not right. Um, but I couldn't tell you the other three. You don't know which one is not, not a personal acquaintance? Yeah, yeah, I don't know that one. It's actually all, all four of them are personal acquaintances. Oh, see, you, did trick a, question. You, pulled a, you pulled a Paul. I did pull a Paul. Yeah, yeah the babysitter twins are his nieces, niece-in-laws. Uh, Dr. Felix is his actual doctor, <laughs> uh, his actual physician. Uh, Skip, the strip club owner, was his real estate agent. And Tony Block, the little kid that shoots himself in the car, that's his son, Rebel. Oh, okay. And I guess there is a special edition Rodriguez family copy that has that edited out at the house because he doesn't want he didn't want his son to see that I mean that makes sense but um all right so uh and I was reading like like uh the whole thing with Bruce Willis was also a a nod to grindhouse movies because what they would do is they would have enough of a budget to get an A-list celebrity for like a second for like a second yeah and then put that put pictures of them everywhere, so you'd be like, "Oh, Bruce Willis <laughs> is in it." This, yeah. That's why Bruce Willis's role is so small in that movie. Yeah, that's perfect. So, um, all right, in Sin City, much of the way that the film was shot did not require a lot of the actors to be on set or even in the same shot that they were in the shot with. Uh, which two actors who had scenes together never physically met until after the movie's release? Do you, you want me to give you the options? Yeah, please. Okay. Uh, was it Mickey Rourke and Elijah Wood? Bruce Willis and Jessica Alba, uh, Nick Stahl and Jessica Alba, or Clive Owen and Benicio Del Toro? Clive Owen and Benicio Del Toro. That was actually Mickey Rourke and Elijah Wood. Oh. They never met until after the movie was released. Weird. And they have a fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever, did you ever watch the special edition of Sin City? I have it. I have it's, a, yeah. Sit down and watch the non the green screen version. It's really cool to watch them try and like put it all like how you like yeah. you watch the movie and then you see like how much digitally is done yeah. like for the effects and like there's like people that aren't even in the scene and stuff. It's really crazy. No, I remember like I, I haven't seen the second one. I heard the second one's not that great, but um that I first haven't one, seen the second one either. First one in the theater was awesome just because it was such a neat like I I'll give them credit, I'll give Rodriguez credit because he knew the movie he wanted to make the the story was already there and like the visuals were already there but he made a big risk on a comic book movie by making it an actual comic book movie yeah. and very avant-garde and very arty and people just lapped it up and it's like because you couldn't like you couldn't do that type of same style of movie now with subject matter people don't know because they'd be like i don't want to watch that right yeah you know, so i loved sin city when i saw it i yeah. was blown away when i saw it in the theater um all right what other Robert Rodriguez movie was the first appearance of Machete. Uh, was it Spy Kids? Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, uh, Desperado, or From Dusk Till Dawn? Oh, Desperado. Uh, no. I, I was going to say, because he actually has all the machetes. There, He does play a character in Desperado that, that goes machetes. to town on machetes, but that actually... His first appearance was in Spy Kids as Machete. Really? Yeah. He's he's a little less he's a little less uh like murdery, like murdery but he's Uncle Machete. That's funny. It's the character oh, he I plays in Spy Kids. So, um aside from Danny Trejo, what actor I has, mean Uncle Machete? Uncle Machete. What actor has worked with Robert Rodriguez the most? Uh is it Cheech Marin, Jessica Alba, Selma Hayek, Quentin Tarantino, or Antonio Banderas? Uh, Cheech Marin. Uh, it's actually Antonio Banderas. Oh, 
Yeah, Cheech Marin is. But sac- he, he was like three guys in From Dust Till Dawn, so that should count. <laughs> oh yeah, that, yeah. He, <laughs> he did play. He did play like multiple people. He played. Yeah, he played. No, he played two guys. Three. Oh yeah, he played the border guard, yeah. the vampire guy, and then and the guy, the guy at the end. Yeah. Wait, so who was originally supposed to play the guy at the end? Oh, I read that somewhere. Uh, it was like another. I want to say it was like Enrique Iglesias or somebody like it was like a singer. Okay, I think it was great that they that they were just basically just throwing him in there like uh, as Bruce Campbell would call it, shimping. They just shimp him in all shimp over the place. In. Yeah, yeah. Antonio's and Banderas had eight. Cheech and Selma have seven. Alba has five, and Quentin's only four. Oh, all right. Well, Antonio Banderas has the El Mariachi trilogy, all the Spy Kids movies, uh, and then he like four rooms. He was in four one segment rooms. in four rooms. Yeah, yeah. The Troublemakers. The Troublemakers. Yeah. Troublemaker Studio. Hooker in the bed. They, like I guess like after they shot uh, Desperado, um, they went and started filming that like a week later. <laughs> like there was a week time between Four Rooms and Desperado. Huh. I, no. I like Rodriguez. I'm not saying I like all his stuff because it's just it, it is very hit or miss for me. I respect the hell out of him because he made his money and was like, I want to make movies the way I want to make them. So how else are you going to do that? I'll make my own studio. So he yeah. has Troublemaker Studios where he lives, and he's able to cut costs down and still produce what good looking movies yeah. like slickly produced. But like he keeps them like the way he wants to do it. The Spy Kids things were basically like, hey, his kids were like, well, why can't you make a movie for us? It's like, all right, I'll make some kids movies then, and it's like. Why not? Like, That's such a great just, testament to being a filmmaker, too. And, like, you get, especially with him and Quentin Tarantino, because we did a Quentin Tarantino tech cast. If you guys haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's called um, The Hateful Great. It, yeah. In stores now. But, like, these these two guys, and, and it, you know, talking about Robert Rodriguez, is very passionate about filmmaking. Like, he has a lot of digital, not digital shorts, but he has a lot of short documentaries just about filmmaking. Yes. Like, he does instructional videos and things like that. He's very passionate about it. Um, he scores and cuts his own films. Like he, he likes getting involved with it. And there's very few filmmakers that do that. And I think uh, like a lot of his movies. I mean, is you know, take them or leave them how you like. But it's you don't get unique movies made like that. No, and like the whole what was it? The Adventures of uh, uh, Shark Girl. No, was it Sh- uh, Shark Boy Shark, and Lava Shark Girl? Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. yeah, like that's another one where it's like he asks his kids. It's like, hey, make up some superheroes, and he just made a movie. And it was like I, I've not seen it, but it's like he is still like, I don't know, like they're. There's nobody quite like him because I mean he did have to cut his teeth making like movies the, the old way in terms mm-hmm. of shooting film and and you know putting things together like basically there was a bit in uh, El Mariachi where the guy is opening the the the, the case and there's supposed to be like a gun in there but there's a point where like they had a different case of this spray painted a different color so it was a different case it's like that's the stuff he had to do to make the shots work yeah and it's like and that's fine so he knew how to make a film and then he bought. Like as he went on, and got more successful. He's like, now I have the means to make films the way I want, and I feel like now people can skip a lot of steps and grab nice equipment, but not understand the effort it takes into making something good as opposed to making something. Yeah. And I, for him putting out those you know uh, videos and everything, I think that's good for him. And I know he also does he does videos of uh, of cooking because he's yeah. like, he was like you also need to learn how to cook. I've watched I've like, watched some of his cooking videos like like he he put out uh, Sin City Tacos. Like for Sin City, I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever watched the. We we we've made them before, 
Like, uh, and they're actually pretty good. Like, yeah. he, he would make them and feed the whole crew. Like, uh, yeah, the one I watched, it was funny because, like, he, he does, like, breakfast burritos. And he's like, first thing you got to do is you go and you get some tortillas from the store. And he's got, like, a, like tortillas from the store. He's like, and you throw them in the trash. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, and then he starts making tortillas from scratch. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this guy's all into it. That's cool. And, it, and the fact that he's excited about other projects. I know he tried getting Red Sonja remade for the longest time. And uh, Barbarella. Yeah. And, another and, one. And he also produced the Predator movie like yeah. he was supposed to he was supposed to direct it but he couldn't do it for whatever reason so he was a producer on that he was really excited for that and that's actually not that bad of a movie no i liked predator it was okay i felt like it yeah. fed it, it fit into the universe it it definitely was an enjoyable uh visit visit to like the the predator whatever yeah land. so like I, like even though i felt like once upon a time in mexico the first time i watched it i loved it and the second time i watched it, i'm like what is this garbage like yeah. i just i really turned that i kind of don't want to go back to once upon a time in mexico don't it was so because the first time you watch it, it was so like a crazy fever dream of like just get to the end yeah. with giant depth's character and then you're like i don't know how i feel about this again like it was so it just didn't it did not set well with me the johnny depp time. was supposed to, re- to was supposed to play another character like he was going to do something else after once upon a mexico once upon a time in mexico i can't remember what yeah um, i mean i did like like i saw the first machete was not bad it was fun and it was a lot of fun it was funny when i was doing this research i read that danny trejo was like all over robert rodriguez he's like let's make this movie let's make this movie so like good on danny trejo for campaigning to be in his first leading role movie yeah you know but it's like he kept calling him and uh <laughs> like literally calling him and and uh robert rodriguez was like why why do you keep calling me this late why don't you just text me and he's like machete don't text and that got it that got put into the movie and it was like it, it was organically used from him harassing robert rodriguez yeah. and i thought that was funny because that was one of the best lines in that yeah. uh that movie was machete don't text yeah. So again, like I will say that I respect him, and there's so much. Like this is a guy I would love to sit down, and have a beer with, and yes, just like and yeah. just talk and just like get into, like not the technical stuff because he would he would go way beyond my understanding, yeah. but just like creating and loving creation. I would love to get that type type of talk because it's like, and again, I, just because I don't like all his output doesn't mean that I can't love where it all comes from. You know, and so yeah, hats off to to Rodriguez. Good call on that because like from dusk till dawn. If you guys, I mean, I know we kind of ruined it because there's vampires in it, but still watch it. That movie holds up really well. It does because I mean, it's just a, it's a two act movie, and it just it once like, it doesn't stop like and uh, oh, and first appearance of Texas Ranger Earl McGraw, even though he dies in his first appearance. Yeah, but that character went on to be in both Grindhouse movies and and Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, so Michael Parks plays him. By the way, look Michael Parks up. He's he's a bad mofo. Yes, like he is. He, and, like, and I mean, they, in real life, like, no, like, like they need, somebody needs to make a movie about him. Yeah, like, like you think the Dosecki's guy is the most interesting guy in the world? Michael Parks yeah. is the most interesting just guy. In like, the world. oh, this guy just he built coffins for like a living for a couple years, and he played AAA baseball, and he did this decathlon, <laughs> and it's just like, man, this guy's resume is ridiculous. Like, yeah, and he happened to be in some Tarantino films. Whatever, yeah, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Texas Ranger Omegra. I'm really glad they squeezed him into other movies, and uh, I think uh, uh, I'd like to see him in more. But I just thought it was funny because like he came back, but he got killed in the beginning of From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, so and uh, Steve Buscemi was supposed to play Pete. 
in the, the guy uh, at the gas station. The guy at yeah. the gas station, Pete. Um, yeah, so that's that was a fun quiz. I like that. Uh, and yeah, so again, if you haven't seen those movies, you knew your Rodriguez stuff. I didn't think you get as many as, as there were. Yeah, I, I just I mean the earlier stuff I'm, I've read a lot about. You uh, know, so like El Mariachi, seven grand. That's just well, I got that confused because there's that movie Primer. That was also made in Texas for really low budget. Oh, yeah. they, that was like a five thousand dollar budget supposedly. It was like five or it was like I, I keep going between five or fifteen. I forget which. And, th- and then that's another one of those like these a passion project. They want to get it done, and and you really wonder if it was fifteen thousand dollars to make that or if that's what they just tell you. But that was truly an independent film, just like El Mariachi was truly an independent film. Yeah, you know, like now you'll see things now where it's an independent film. It's like. That no, doesn't, it's not really it's, the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's under Fox Searchlight. They're still getting money from the studio. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, yep. I hope I don't die between now and next episode. Uh, yeah, because I don't know how to work any of this stuff. Really. And <laughs> Joe will just come here talking to a mic sure. for like an hour and a half and then be like, then go outside and be like, guys, it's here. And it's like, what? Did you record it now? I'm sure Mary would think that would be awkward if I showed up and be like, hey, I'm here to do the podcast. Paul's not. That's fine. Just if can, you can want. I, can I? Can I be awake? Can I be like in the living room, lying there dead? And you just come and be like, "Which buttons? What now?" This week like, on Invasion, the podcast, I go solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Guys, yeah. morbid humor. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, please follow us on our Facebook page. It's Invasion of the Podcast. We have a website, invasionthepodcast.com. We're on Twitter, Innovating Podcast. People mm-hmm. have given me suggestions for our year of the western i have also talked to to kevin of radio violenta he's excited to give me a list of 30 movies yeah um i will get them from him and then once i get them we will we'll read through them real quick we won't really dig into them but we'll start chopping them down as we go um i don't know if joe's going to join me on this this journey but i figure 30 is a pretty fair number it is i'll try no i like watching westerns i've been trying to get more westernized myself like i will i rewatched uh the new magnificent seven um i saw it in the theater but i rewatched it uh, I haven't finished the original. I, yeah. need, I need to do that. So I actually, it, I've watched Seven Samurai, so it's weird. Well, I told I told him to give me kind of a mix, so he's. I think he's really going to come up with some fun stuff, so it'll be good. I need um, to finish uh, Django, not Django and Chain, but Django original Django original, original yeah. Django. That's it. it it's a little long, whatever. It, it's it's interesting for what it is, but there's times where it's like, can we can we go on now? Can we keep going? Yeah. And it's just very. I kind of feel like uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly is that way too, because it's yeah. a long movie. Yeah, that's like, true. There's parts where I'm just like, oh, we're gonna do more stuff over here. Okay, I guess we're gonna stare at each other some more now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll have more interest, uh, more information about the year of the Western coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what we're gonna talk about next week. We've not really hashed that out yet. Surprise week. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, interact with us on the, on the social medias. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out to, to Benjamin, who has been supporting the show. He told us that last week's show about the OA had him laughing out loud at his desk and annoying his coworkers. So that to me is the highest compliment that I could ever possibly that's, receive. That's awesome. I know. I feel bad because like like that that episode went off of script of our normal type of thing. It was just a bitch fest, and I don't want to do bitch fests that much, but. God, I was so passionate about that show in a negative way. Well, I mean, I think it's fair because we were fired up because of of potential and follow through. And yeah. that show, it could have been, maybe that's why I can't hear anything. Maybe my head's been stuck <laughs> in a jar of water. I've been killed repeatedly. I just don't know it. But um, but yeah. like <laughs> he, I, he hit you with one of the Q-tips and it went in a little gaps, bit too that's far. That's it. Like, I keep going to bed at night. I'm like, what's this gas? What? And then I wake up and I eat some stuff over the corner that I think is food and then whatever. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, like I, I, I 
is it will always entertain me knowing that if anything that we said had any value or humor to it, oh. to cause somebody across the way another cube kind of give you the stink eye and be like, "What do you? What's so funny?" That's a high compliment. That's it all is. I want to say. Yeah. I'm so glad somebody you. got some humor out of it instead of just sitting there like thinking like, "God, these guys just hate." They're just complaining, but like, yes, but. Sometimes, sometimes we gotta take the hat, turn it on backwards, and become the bad guy for a minute. Just turn, flip the switch, be the bad guy. Um, we're because we're not normally haters, other than Nintendo products and the OA and Batman Superman. Um, that's that's about it, that's right? About it. Yeah, so everything everybody pretty much loves. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, have a safe week, and uh, yeah, um, just keep running. Yep. Gonna get you.